Welcome to Wormhole Waffles, a Stargate podcast. Welcome to Wormhole Waffles. I'm your host, Chelsea, and with me is co-host, Arzu. Hello. Last week, we talked about SG-1 Season 4, Episodes 16 and 17, both about seeking power. And today, we're going to be talking about Episodes 18 and 19, The Light and Prodigy. The Light premiered on January 26, 2001. It was written by James Phillips and directed by Peter F. West. Prodigy premiered on February 2, 2001. It was written by Brad Wright, Joseph Malazzi, and Paul Mully and directed by Peter DeLuise. Arzu, would you please summarize these episodes? Uh, before we do a huge, huge content warning off the top, mm-hmm. jump into these episodes. Yeah, so for The Light... Pretty much the entire episode repeatedly talks about suicide, and it's just inevitable. the The entire thing is about it, and so I am going to put uh, some time tags in the show notes so that you can skip the entire conversation if you want to. And also, I find this episode kind of upsetting myself, so. Mm-hmm. I don't think I really want to talk about it very long. Maybe like 10 minutes. Yeah, I, I would be fine just jumping right to, right to Prodigy after we kind of go okay. over the things. Yeah, we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. So the light, uh, yeah, the light. The light, they go somewhere. They go to this planet. Um, well, first, they, I don't know how to say this. They, they go to a planet where there is a hypnotic light that doesn't do anything to them in the moment, but when they come home, it so drains their dopamine that uh, it makes you extremely depressed and eventually suicidal. And that's that's basically the problem of the week. Yep. And Prodigy uh, splits the team up. So Jack is in over his head with some researchers who are not listening to him. And <laughs> Sam is dealing with a baby Sam with a younger... Very intelligent, obviously very bored and gifted student at the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Air Force. In the Air yeah. Force, who uh, is a problem child, but Sam sees potential in her. She's mm-hmm. a prodigy. Yeah. A little bit of misogyny involved. Just a touch. <laughs> yeah. And Daniel is absent. Daniel's but not here. I don't think he's in that entire episode. He's off with SG-11. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, maybe he I, had like a personal commitment. I don't know. I was just, yeah, I was just thinking like, wait, you know, I don't think because normally we'd see him like at the very beginning or at the very end. I'm like, I don't think we saw him the entire episode. I yeah, and IMDb lists him, him as credit only. So yeah, <laughs> it's one of the few episodes he's not in. Okay, so here's my theory. Uh-huh. Michael Shanks directed episode 21. Uh-huh which is two episodes after this. So depending on Uh production order, he might've been in prep for that and just couldn't be in the episode. Yeah, that's possible. You read ahead. I just went to look at the list of directors. It's fine. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's the only episode he ever directs too. He was like really in over his head and he's like, no, I need to go prep. (laughs) I think he eventually writes a couple episodes, but I think that's the only one that he's going to direct. But anyway, anyway, let's do our quote reveal. Last week I gave you the quote. From this point on, everything you knew about the universe is about to be turned upside down. 
And your guess is that Daniel is talking to the titular prodigy at the midpoint of the episode and about to reveal something big to them. But no, it is Sam delivering the line. But I mean, I guess you got the context, right? Yeah. So. I mean, I couldn't have guessed that that was the context. <laughs> I, I assumed they were like on another world and they were about to like reveal that science is real. Like. <laughs> 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 nope just revealing the stargate project no big deal <laughs> so let's quickly go over the light episode it does it opens with a joke which i'm like okay well we're starting at the high point and it quickly goes downhill <laughs> jack and daniel made a bet that sam well Daniel bet that Sam would not take a break from work while he was on an archaeology type mission and Jack thought that she would stay home and Jack lost the bet. But yeah, <laughs> and so that's yeah, that's uh that's the high point. And so from here on out, it's suicidal clock if you want to skip ahead. Essentially, this planet that Daniel and SG5 has been on it has this device that was used as by, as an opium den by the Gwauld, and it's fine for the Gwauld and the Jaffa because their symbiotes can regulate their body hormones so that it, they can walk away and not have any problems. But for, for humans, it is basically an insanely high drug dose and so then if you leave the planet or even leave the building that this device is in then you become depressed and suicidal and it, eventually if you don't commit suicide first you end up going into a coma and dying so right in the cold open we have one of the sg5 members commit suicide by walking into the kawoosh of the stargate and then we end up finding out later on that all of the rest of SG-5 died via going into comas and dying that way, which is, I guess, a more peaceful death. But they also didn't really Marginally talk about less it. Upsetting. Yeah, except but it's just like a kind of a throwaway comment. Yeah, I put it in my notes. I was like, all of SG-5 died and y'all are very calm. Yeah. So, and it's like, I don't know. I don't Sometimes I wish the, there was more attention given to this. I don't think the writers considered the implications of the mm -hmm. plot they had set up. Yeah. Like how serious it is to say that this thing causes such depression that it makes you suicidal. Yeah. And so we have an episode with Daniel who's back on earth becoming depressive and suicidal and he is preparing to jump off his balcony at his house and his apartment and Jack pulls him back and so it's like a very emotional scene I fast forwarded through it I'm like I can't deal with that and I think I read something about Michael Shanks not liking this episode because he had played very similar emotional beats in previous episodes and so he didn't particularly like this one but you know you kind of dealt i mean <laughs> you know certain that's things not the sometimes. reason i dislike this episode but yeah i mean i think there's a lot to be said of it. i'm not sure that this kind of episode 
would air today. Like no. so much heaviness about suicide. I I don't know. I mean, I feel it, like there's no. a bit more care around it today. I, I don't think I don't think that how do we make people not suicidal would be the problem of the week right in 2023 yeah or at least it'd be treated differently yeah like if like if the whole team had succumbed to Mm -hmm. the effects of this light or as we learn later not the light but the thing it's emanating from it wouldn't have been a throwaway line Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know well, essentially, like, they bring Daniel back to the planet in order to save his life. And so he basically has the drug back in his system. And so he's okay. And there ends up being this young boy there who, I don't know, maybe looks like 15-ish. And he's there alone. He says his parents are there, but it quickly becomes apparent that they're not really there. And so it's obvious that he's hiding some really important information and so jack kind of has to shake it out of him essentially get the truth of you know what's actually happening here and so they find out about this device that the world we're using and how the boy whose name is lauren does actually know how to turn the device off but then you know they're called cold turkey and so that's not good either and so we find out that his missing parents actually um, went cold turkey and went out onto the beach and committed suicide by walking into the ocean until they drowned. Which I also had to like fast forward through Lauren talking about that because that was just a lot. (laughs) It's just, it's too much. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like the one good little moment in here is that we have a nice moment between Lauren and Teal'c and when they're talking about birthdays we find out that on Chulak they don't celebrate birthdays but we find out Teal'c's age right now canonically is 101 years old about to turn 102 and so Lauren gives him a present so there's that like sweet moment and that's about it Uh, because it's like right after that that we learned what happened to Lauren's parents and essentially they figure out that they the device can be adjusted slowly to decrease the effects that it has on their hormones so that they don't have to go cold turkey in about three weeks they can be weaned off of the drug essentially and then i guess they're going to bring lauren back to earth to live among earth kids we never see him again I'm sure he's fine. Yeah. (laughs) He's probably fine. I mean, at least he's from a people who were explorers who had at least some technology similar to Earth and that he had a camera. So I think he might adapt to Earth life maybe a little bit faster than Cassandra did because I don't think her people had that level of technology. No, she didn't have a basis for any of that. Yeah. So, I mean, he'll probably be okay. He seems like a sweet kid. And uh, SG-1 is fine. They spend three weeks on a beach. So hopefully they got up to some fun stuff while they were there. That's like I, the, the one highlight of this episode for me was um, <laughs> when they were talking about this. 
and Jack tells Sam, he's like, three weeks in a castle by the beach. I'm like, and what did you two get up to for three <laughs> right? weeks in a castle by the beach? Nothing. Right? You got up to nothing. No. Because I can't have nice things. Yeah. That's basically it. That's uh, that's the episode. Yay! It's, uh, an opium den. Fun stuff. Um, I went in one of my notes. There's this scene uh, where Daniel is talking to Hammond through the radio, and you can see him on the little camera on the mouth, and he's talking directly into his radio, and he has the radio like directly in front of his lips, and I'm like, why are you doing that? <laughs> like, you know how to use a radio, and you know it doesn't have to be directly in front of your lips. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? He's quirky, okay? I guess. So, I mean, that's all I got to say about this episode. How about you? I'm done. Yeah, okay. I got nothing to add. Moving on. So, Prodigy. We open this episode meeting a real-life Air Force General, General Michael E. Ryan, who was actually the Chief of Staff during this time. Which explains why so much of an actor. <laughs> well, he doesn't have much to say. And so Jack is like, oh my god. He's like really making a, a big deal out of it. And it's because he, he is actually the chief of staff. He's not an actor playing the chief of staff. <laughs> so I just it just makes me wonder if like he just, you know, watches this show for fun and is like, hey, can I like be on an episode and they're like sure it's like the time joe biden was on uh parks and rec oh was he oh yeah he was wasn't he yeah i forgot about that oh yeah and she's like in love with him yeah which is odd but yeah (laughs) well she's an odd character it's fine she was odd she was an oddball yeah but yeah i guess it's the same idea yeah (laughs) I mean, he seemed to be having fun with it. Yeah. He seems to be happy to be there. <laughs> so, so that's nice. And so Daniel is apparently off with SG-11, which I'm like, I think this is the third iteration of SG-11 because we've had two entire SG-11 teams die previously. And yet Daniel's willing to just go places with them, knowing. I know. I'm like, I statistically, like it's a bad idea. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Sam is visiting. I don't know what the academy name is. It wouldn't be what West Point is like the Marines, right? So it's not West yeah. Point, but it's you know, whatever that equivalent is for the Air Force. Is that Top Gun? <laughs> right. Is that oh, no, people? that's Navy. That's the Navy. Oh, just kidding. She's not a yeah. Top Gun. No, she's not a Top Gun. Plus, this is like entry level. Top Gun is like for experienced fighter pilots. I'm looking it up. Air Force. It was my location. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just Air Force Academy. What's, What's it? it it's in Colorado. Okay. <laughs> sure. The Air okay. Force she's Academy. at Air Force Academy. Sure. Which sounds fake. Yeah, it does. Sound but it's fake. apparently not fake. And so she's giving a lecture 
in place of a guy who apparently used to be her professor, but I feel like he doesn't look that much older than her. I'm like, was he really your professor before? Unless he was also a prodigy. (laughs) Maybe. That's possible, I guess. I feel like I had professors who weren't much older than me. For like entry level Mm -hmm. stuff? Like lower level stuff? Yeah. The school that I went to was really small. So we didn't have any like young adjuncts at all. No, I definitely had like English professors who were like in their 20s. Like late. No, no, I've never had that. One of them was extremely cute. That's not the point. <laughs> it's problematic. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, it can be problematic. It was allowed at my school. Oh. Yeah, there's a pamphlet on it in the registrar's office. That you're allowed to date teachers? You just have to tell the department so that somebody else can grade your work. Oh. Which is like fine if you're consenting adults who want to just be in a relationship and just happen to be student teacher, but right. it's a problem, obviously, if you're trying to sleep your way into a better grade. Yeah, well, of course. Then you just don't tell the department. But yeah, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> but yeah, if you if you're like genuinely interested in just seeing each other, yeah. then you just tell the department and then you can go for it. Okay. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the age of both people involved. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so we meet cadet Jennifer Haley, who goes up to the whiteboard at the end of the lecture and says that one of Sam's calculations is wrong. And so the teacher is automatically like, who do you think you are? Kind of thing. And after the cadet leaves, he says that, quote she has a difficult personality i'm like of course a man would say that like i'm sure you don't say that about any of the boys at the school like and also like they admit it's because she's brilliant and bored yeah they admit it but they're like still not willing to give her more challenging work they're like no because that's the rules and you have to conform and i'm like but you just admitted that she's like mentally understimulated yeah and the general is like, we're not here to push the boundaries of astrophysics. I'm like, well, maybe you should. <laughs> because if one of your students is so advanced that she's bored in all of her classes, then maybe you should give her more to do. Yeah, like, <laughs> it also just gave me a lot of feelings about like the military, but we don't have to get into that. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we have a kind of the other plot point of this episode. We've got Jack and Teal'c on another planet, technically a moon, which is mentioned multiple times. And there is this science group who has been at this like little outpost that they've made for six weeks. And there's, I don't know what they're studying. They never actually mention what it is that they're there to study like what they've been doing for six weeks i don't know they've been on vacation (laughs) they've been camping (laughs) but they uh, suddenly after teal and jack arrive of course something interesting happens and they encounter these energy beings they're like little they're really like little lightning bugs essentially except that they're made out of pure energy rather than you know organic matter 
and they're just buzzing around and they seem pretty nice and you know Colonel Neal is butting heads with um, the scientist well really just the main scientist Dr. Hamilton I think his name is and because this, this scientist he doesn't like military types and he's like you know and I'm like you know I, I understand that as the head scientist he wants to be able to do his own thing but jack is right that like bugs that pass through solid matter could be a threat like that's not like a weird military thing that's like a legitimate assumption to make that's a science <laughs> thing yeah i put in my notes jack's open disdain for this man amuses me to no end yeah <laughs> he just hates him so much <laughs> Well, because, like, before Jack even gets there, he's, this like, scientist is, like, openly disdainful of the military, and the first thing out of his mouth is that Major Griff is incompetent, and it's like, listen, <laughs> this is not how you start a relationship. Oh, I don't blame Jack for being openly disdainful. I just think mm -hmm. it's funny. Yeah. And Dr. Hamilton is like... I know what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. And I love that Teal'c backs Jack up. He's like, you should listen to him because he does have experience with unusual types of beings on other planets, as do I, because I have been going to other planets and encountering other types of beings for longer than you've been alive. <laughs> Which, you know, there's really no arguing with. Yeah. <laughs> That, that just shut him up finally. <laughs> You're like, oh, right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was like, I don't know. It was a cute, like, this is such an upbeat episode mm -hmm. overall with the, like, these two cracking jokes uh -huh. at the scientists and, like, Sam's whole girl boss plot. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just, it's a nice palate cleanser. It is a nice palate cleanser for, from the last one. I still feel like it's not like a super compelling episode. On its no, own, I think it was but... part, part of my like positive reaction to it was definitely because the last one was such a yeah, such a heavy episode. Yeah, there was one exchange with Sam and the cadet mm -hmm. that I loved because mm -hmm. it just like I don't know, just the way it went down. Which one? Where she's like going, everything I do, I'm always compared to you, and there's nothing I've oh, done yeah. here. That they haven't brought your name up and blah, blah, blah. And Sam's like, so for the first time in your life, you are somewhere where you're not immediately like the number one yeah. and the best at everything. Yeah. Suck it up. And I'm like, I, yeah. as a, as a gifted kid, uh -huh. have never felt more attacked. <laughs> I thought they were both right, honestly, because I, I totally understand where that cadet is coming from and that she's constantly compared to Sam. I mean, cause it's like, not only are they both really smart, but like they're both women, they're both yeah. blonde, you know, it's like one thing I, after yeah. another, after another. Which makes me think that like Sam is right mm -hmm. and like suck it up. You're not yeah. automatically the best at everything. That's not a bad thing. But yeah. also like, I feel like Sam is not getting that. She's like, no, every aspect of her. Mm -hmm. is being compared yeah but i feel like that also just like shows how great of a person i guess sam is and that this probably means that when she went through the academy she was the best at everything 
And she's remained a pretty humble person. Yeah. You know, she just doesn't think that she's better than anyone or, you know. Which makes me wonder how much of it is, like, cultural misogyny uh-huh. at the Academy. Because if she was a guy with all of those attributes, like, I know we just said it was the Navy, but, like, we're talking Tom Cruise and Top Gun, like, hot shot. Right. Can't touch me. Can't tell me anything. Yeah. Attitude. Whereas Sam's mm-hmm. just like, hi. Uh-huh. you know nice and humble yep so like I'm glad she's a nice person uh-huh. but I feel like she shouldn't have had to keep it humble true true she definitely has her girl boss moments as she should she yeah. is a boss she is and she and Cadet Haley butt heads a bit in this episode because they both think they're right <laughs> <laughs> I also like it's later, granted, it's towards the end of the episode, but when they're having a big conflict about like who's right in how to solve the problem, and Sam's like, doesn't matter who's right, what's ma- what matters is blah, blah blah. And Haley's just like, how does it not matter who's right? Yeah, she's so offended, <laughs> Which, honestly, relatable. Yeah, well, so essentially, Cadet Haley she punched somebody, and so they're about to kick her out of the academy and Sam convinces them not to and decides instead to take her to the SGC to show her what her future could be as long as she plays ball in school and does the dumb assignments that she doesn't want to do. (laughs) Well, we should say she punched somebody in defense of a classmate. Yes. And broke. I was a good reason. Broke the guy's nose in defense of a classmate. So like, yeah, maybe some noses deserve to be broken. Oh, absolutely. I think she definitely <laughs> needed to punch right that guy. <laughs> yeah. And so our two plot lines converge when Sam and Cadet Haley join Jack and Teal'c on this other planet. And so the scientists have trapped one of these little lightning bugs. And they don't think it's being hurt, but it obviously does not really like being trapped. And so they let it go, and not too long after that, one of the scientists is killed by a swarm of these creatures going straight through his body, because they can phase through solid matter. So they basically, it's basically like a, a bunch of like gunshots, essentially, but they don't leave holes, they just like burn their way through the body, right? So it's like gross i I mean it doesn't look gross it's just gross to think about well it does like leave welts on their skin yeah but it could be grosser yeah it definitely could have been it could have been a lot worse yeah (laughs) because i didn't actually leave gaping holes in the bodies but yeah but yeah that guy is killed somewhat gruesomely i guess and so then they all go back to this building and they figure out that they can keep the bugs away with this like electrical pulse. And so they set up, they basically run an electrical charge through the building's walls because the entire thing is like made of aluminum, I think. Right. Or it's some metal. I don't know. I think she said it was aluminum. Anyway, but they're not sure how long they can hold the bugs off because they don't know when the generator was last filled. And apparently the generator is like 
a mile or two away. And I'm like, okay, but why is it so far away? This seems like really poor planning. Like, shouldn't the generator always be like right there in case something goes wrong? I don't know. Maybe. To, like, is that not it? I don't know. Unless maybe it needs to be farther away in case it blows up for some reason. Okay, fair. But like a backup generator? Yeah. Because the know. generator on, I mean, it's much smaller scale, but the generator on a film set is mm -hmm. usually right next to everything else because that's what right. all the trucks plug into. Yeah. I don't know, man. For some reason, it's far away and they don't know how long it's going to last. And so Sam thinks that the creatures are upset at one of them being captured and so they're retaliating and cadet Haley thinks that they're only acting violently because of the fact that this moon is on an elliptical orbit and the pole is passing right over a, some I don't know you know what I'm not going to keep trying to explain this I don't know what <laughs> Ma magnet no i'm thinking magnetosphere of i don't know like a magnetic pole yeah yeah the magnetic but it was like i don't remember what it was because yeah, they're on a moon so is it not passing over the magnetic pole is am i getting, moon... getting confused with our poles like magnetic north no i think you're i think it so the moon is passing over the magnetic pole of the gas giant that it's orbiting yeah yeah no? i think that's Maybe. it i think that's it okay and so, because the creatures are susceptible to electrical charges, they're also susceptible to the mag magnetic pole. And so, her theory is that they will stop acting violently within a few hours. And so, they basically are just, like, both staring at Jack, like, well, we can't both be right. I'm like, well, I feel like you could both be right. But it's not really the point of the episode. Like, they could, but there's just no safe way to figure that out. Yeah. And so Jack is like, well, it doesn't really matter if we can't figure it out. I'm going to go risk my life to get to the Stargate instead of everybody risking their lives. So it is what it is. And so they kind of preemptively shoot him with the Zat gun so that he has a nice strong electrical charge in his body so he can run to the Stargate. But then he does that really annoying TV and movie thing to where, like, he's running 95% of the way and he gets, like, 10 feet from the DHD and sees the creatures that are not attacking him. They go around him and yet he walks very slowly the rest of the way and very slowly dials the stargate i'm like i don't <sighs> <laughs> why why are you suddenly moving so slowly you know the charge in your body is going to wear off because he's winded <laughs> i don't know this is just something that's it's not a stargate problem no it's, it's a tv a pro i know exactly what you mean TV problem. It's like run, 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 and then we got to make it more dramatic when they actually get there, I guess. And so now they're moving slowly. It just it annoys me. It really annoys me. <laughs> and 
And so Teal'c actually ends up saving him because he starts getting attacked with bugs, blah, blah, blah. And they open the Stargate. And so it's emitting enough of an electrical charge into the air, I guess, that it dissipates the bugs. And so they can all go home. Yay. (laughs) And Haley is going to do better in school so she can join the Stargate. Yes. We do see her in one more episode. Yay! I do feel like they could have made her a semi-regular character. And, I mean, maybe we can we can talk about this more the next episode that she's in. But I feel like it was kind of a missed opportunity. This could have been, like, the start of, like, training a new, like, age group of people into the Stargate kind of thing. And they never really follow that through. I guess they didn't want to mess with the group dynamic. Yeah, maybe they just didn't have enough time to develop that, but... Because, like, ER, which I'm sure you've all heard me talk about before, part (laughs) of its, like, setup and premise is, like, this this group of doctors training the next group of doctors, Mm -hmm. who then eventually become the senior doctors and train the next set of doctors. Like, that's how the show worked, whereas this is, like, very much focused on these four. So I feel like they thought they'd be writing themselves into that kind of corner if they kept that up. But if they had very slowly started to introduce, you know, a half dozen or so new, like, up-and-coming people to the Stargate program, they could have created a spinoff for them, you know? They could have. That's true. I don't know. I guess not. Guess not. (laughs) Um, One random thing that will not mean anything to you yet but i think this is the first appearance of dr bill lee he's kind of like the second in charge guy he's like one the other scientist who actually has lines besides the annoying dr hamilton guy (laughs) (laughs) he becomes a semi-regular we'll start to see him frequently and he also shows up in atlantis so he's just often like anytime they need an extra scientist like besides Sam <laughs> in the background. It'll be him. Yeah, it'll be him. <laughs> so that's nice. Oh, I liked the um the bit where Sam and Haley go through the the Stargate and they get to the other side and Haley's like where is this? Is this like <laughs> whatever? Like I don't remember what she said. She's like it. She said it looks like home. It looks like home. And then my notes, yeah. I'm like, it's a forest in Vancouver. Yeah, it, that's why it looks like home. <laughs> <laughs> but then, of course, this is very conveniently a planet or a moon, as they like keep correcting each other, that you can see, like visibly see other planets like, relatively close by. Like, I mean, close enough that they're very large in the sky. And so it's very clearly not Earth, which was the exact same tactic that they used on Abydos when they wanted to make sure that the team understood they weren't on Earth anymore. The only reason Abydos has three moons is for that reason. So the team knows that they're not on Earth. (laughs) I mean, that tracks. So Yeah. So same concept here. You can see the gas giant that this moon is orbiting in the in the sky, pretty clearly. So there we go. It's like we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I like your note. Too much math. I didn't sign up for this. I did not. <laughs> There's not that much math. I mean, it's like it's visually seconds. too much math. Oh, 
And I'm not saying this in like a girls don't like math kind of way. I used to teach math, but like it's too much math. <laughs> I hated math. It's my worst subject. I hated math till I had to teach math and suddenly I was like, oh, it actually does make sense. <laughs> so are you telling me I need to teach math and then and then maybe I'll like Because the second you have to explain it to somebody else, suddenly the whole thing makes a lot more sense. I don't know. Like I, I was doing know. like grade nine algebra with my students going, oh, is that all? I feel like the only math that I liked was algebra one, like the very basics of like, you know, X plus Y equals two or whatever, that kind of stuff. I was like, okay, yeah, this is fine. Past, past that, you kind of but past that, I was like, nope. You lose even geometry that, but... was hard. I did not like calculating all those angles of triangles. That's because you didn't have me. <laughs> it was not fun. No. And I felt like my teacher was disappointed in me because I happened to have the same geometry teacher that my brother did five years before. And math was the only thing that he was good at in school, like converse with me. <laughs> and, and so she let him work ahead of the rest of the class because he was bored. And then I came along and I was like, don't expect that from me. <laughs> Well, that's yeah that's not happening <laughs> no anyway <laughs> like we covered everything I think so this episode is is fine I mean there's nothing like super objectionable in it necessarily I mean there's misogyny otherwise I think it was just like okay it doesn't necessarily like stick out as a super memorable episode. No, it was fine compared to others. Yeah, obviously the light is extremely problematic from start to finish. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> very problematic. Worse yeah. than concubine, convergence, <laughs> emancipation. You got there. I don't know why I keep thinking that episode starts with a C. <laughs> this is the first time you said convergence, though. <laughs> I'm like, it's not what is it a convergence of i a convergence at least concubine makes sense read. convergence <laughs> in the book i read oh yeah okay yeah <laughs> i feel like this episode would more actually be called convergence than emancipation because <laughs> you're talking about like con convergence of planets you know <laughs> yeah no i'm just like it's a c word it's not a c word it's emancipation yep I do that all the time. I'm like, the word starts with R, and then it like doesn't even have an R in it. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it felt like it started with R. It had the vibes. It has R energy, even yeah. if didn't start with it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anything like else how Q has with? the kind of energy where like it should be later uh -huh. in the alphabet than it actually is. Right. <laughs> All the difficult ones should be at the very end. All the stupid letters come at the end of the alphabet. I don't know what Q's doing up there in the middle, but anyway. <laughs> okay. So next week, we're going to be talking about SU1 Season 4, Episodes 20 and 21, Entity and Double Jeopardy, and we'll get a resolution to something that was introduced in Season 1, as well as an episode directed by Michael Shanks. Very exciting. I can't believe Apophis is going to die for good next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's your guess. We'll see what happens. <laughs>
Are you ready for your next quote? Yes. The entity has fooled us twice, and I'll be damned if I let it do it again. See, the beginning sounds like Tilk. Mm-hmm. But the ending doesn't. So I'm going to say Jack. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. the context is in the sentence. Whatever the entity is has fooled them twice, and they have a way to stop it. And it's a risky way, but he's going to do it anyway. Whatever this way is. Okay, very vague context, but I suppose I, don't, I can't I'll even begin to guess that. what the entity is. But <laughs> well, yeah, you can make a guess for fun, just for funsies. It's an orb. An orb. <laughs> <laughs> it's a glowing orb. Okay. Sure. Yeah. You never know. I mean, on this show, that's like a 50-50 chance. There are orbs in the show. They're just not glowing, necessarily. Well, this one is glowing. Okay, this one is glowing. Danger ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's it for today. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would love for you to rate us five stars wherever you can. If you want to talk to us about Stargate, you can currently find us on Twitter and Tumblr at Wormhole Waffles. And you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Chelsea Fairless. I also have a blue sky and a... What was that one that starts with H? Hive? Hive. Um, I don't actually check them. I have them there as placeholders for now. But you can find me there. Arzu, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Arzu Amin. I'm at Arzu D2 on Tumblr, Instagram. Yeah, I think that's it. Oh, a hive, but I don't check it. Um, I'm also on Blue Sky, Arzu Amin dot Blue Sky dot social. As a network, we are on Twitter at geeky underscore waffle. We are the geeky waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Tumblr. We're the geeky waffle on YouTube. We're at the geeky waffle.com. And we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash the geeky waffle. Thanks for joining us today. And we'll see you on the other side of the event horizon.